the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Jonah was more concerned with his selfish desires than the salvation of a nation. So when he didn't give his way, he just wanted to give up. Don't miss this. When something or someone else replaces the love of God as the main reason for joy and peace and fulfillment in your life, you lose your reason for living when that false love is lost. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. If I want to experience that fulfillment in life, I can't begin with a focus on me. I have to begin with a focus on Jesus, then others, and then I turn. Are you filled with joy today? Are you filled with disappointment? Jonah was filled with disappointment. He was a pouting prophet. He's in an unhealthy place. Why is he pouting? He didn't get his way. He was waiting for a lightning bolt, and it didn't happen. Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so hurt, so upset that you're thinking, God, in the name of Jesus, I know you did it for Sodom and Gomorrah. Would you just take them out right now? (laughs) Just a moment of vulnerability. I don't think I've ever really verbalized it like that. But my thoughts have turned that way. God, when are they going to get what they deserve? God, you're going to let them treat people. You're going to let someone treat me that way? When are they going to get justice? And so we hear stories about that. Even as pastors, I've heard stories uh, about folks who, who rose up and caused division in church and, and, and suddenly, unexpectedly lost their life. And, and you kind of begin to think, God, do it again, Lord. And then we realize what good that does us. Let me ask you a question. What good does pouting do? What do you think? You can answer that. What good does pouting do? None. That's the right answer. Let me tell you what pouting does. Number one, it robs us of God's intended peace of mind. So if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, if you're depressed, you're missing out on what God intended for you to have, which is peace of mind. Ours is a relationship of peace. It's peace with God that gives us the peace of God that allows us to have peace with others. So how do we get that peace? The Bible says in Philippians 4 and verses 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. God promises a supernatural peace, but it doesn't come automatically. It comes as we seek him and turn our focus to him. Remember, he has to be the number one focus. When we're pouting, we're robbed of the peace of God that he intends us to have in our life. But secondly, it distorts our perspective. We don't see things as God intends us to see things. Why? Because all we see is ourselves. 
It's like we're putting our hands in our eyes and we can't see the world as God wants us to see because we're seeing things through our sinful filters. Our perspective is out of whack. And you've experienced this. You've encountered this in in relationships with people. You're trying to reason with them. You're trying to talk to them and, and you realize they don't get it. It's like they're on a different planet. No matter what I say, they're not hearing truth. It distorts our perspective. Thirdly, it causes us to get off purpose. And so just watch this progression in Jonah's life. First of all, he began to see God as one he thought should just strike down these people. And so then his whole purpose for living and being and going, which was to share the message of God, is thwarted. And he just sits down and begins to waste his life. Which leads to that fourth thing, it diminishes our productivity. We stop doing what we're supposed to be doing. I want you to understand today that God created you on purpose for a purpose. And when you spend your life in that angry place of bitterness and, and discouragement, and when you let that rule you, it keeps you from living out God's purpose. But please don't miss this. As we often say, when you're not living out God's purpose in your life, it doesn't just hurt you. It hurts everybody in your little corner of the world. So Jonah went and sat. And the same thing happened to him that happens to Christians that just get discouraged and disgruntled and sit in churches all across the world today. You know what happens when you just sit when you were made to serve? You just soak and then you sour. And you get off track. That's not God's way. That's not God's plan. Let me just ask you, are you in a spiritually healthy place today? Are are you looking to God? Are you giving him the focus in your life? Remember the main thing, anytime, say anytime. Anytime we take our eyes off of God and turn our attention solely in the direction of our personal desires, we find ourselves in an unhealthy place and we're filled with disappointment. Jonah was so unhealthy Because he had taken his eyes off God. He knew the truth, but he wasn't living according to the truth. Maybe we need to be reminded again today, it's not the truth you know that makes a difference. It's the truth you obey. If you want to be spiritually healthy, you must do more than simply believe right. You must submit your actions and your attitudes to the truth you believe. Oh, church, the overwhelming majority of us don't need another Sunday school lesson. We're educated beyond our obedience. You need to be truly discipled in your faith so that you, live, you understand that the pages of this book, the stories that are inscribed are there for the purpose of pointing you to God so that you can reflect his image in this world. And people that are spiritually unhealthy have difficulty embracing the truth. And so you see that in Jonah. He was angered by the truth. I told you last week that I've I've seen that throughout ministry. People that hear the truth and they just get mad. They're getting mad because the Holy Spirit of God begins to convict in our life. And there begins to be a tension. There's a rub there. And we say, I I don't think I can keep doing what I've been doing and and be at peace. And, And so instead of responding, they get angry. And that's what Jonah was doing. He got angered at the truth. And then he amended the truth. 
And I don't want you to miss this. In the book of Exodus in chapter 33, there's this great story where Moses, the leader of God's people, says, God, oh, would you please just come and let me see you? I I want to see you face to face. And then God says the same thing that he would say to you and me if we battle with him and say, oh, God, can I just see a little more of you? He says, you can't handle it, Mo. You can't handle it. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hide you up here in this cliff. And then I'm going to let my back pass by. And I'll talk to you that way. And then in Exodus 34, we have when that happens and we hear what God says. And this is what he says in Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Hey, Jonah knows this verse. That's what he's quoting, right? But he amends the truth. He leaves off the last part, much like our society likes to do today. But who will by no means clear the guilty? Yes, God is full of love and mercy and compassion. He desires to demonstrate his forgiveness and his grace, but he is a just God. The guilty have to be punished. Even today, we run in contact with people who say, I just want to talk about the love of God. Well, I want to talk about the love of God too. But if you don't understand the holiness and the justice of God, the love of God has no proper context. But God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Christ died in response to God's need for justice, for punishment, for for the, the wrong that we've committed in sin. And because of that justice, we now have an opportunity to encounter and experience the love of God. Jonah had just left that part out. Be careful about using God's word to justify your feelings. Be careful about using God's word to justify your point of view, your political preference. We get, a heart, we get a glimpse into Jonah's problem, and his problem is clear. It's, it's not a head problem. He knows the truth. It's a heart problem. And some of you are there. You don't have a head problem. You know what you need to know about God to do what he's called you to do for his glory. But you've got a heart problem. Your want to hasn't changed enough. You've not made that 18-inch journey from your head to your heart. You've not let it overwhelm you and move you and cause you to respond. Jonah wanted God's grace and his mercy for himself when he was in the belly of that fish, but he didn't want it for the Ninevites because they were those people. So don't miss this. God is about to expose something in Jonah that he needs to expose in some of us. He was exposing in Jonah that he looked at people differently than God intended him to look at people. See, God, being God, knew that he created everybody that was in his image in the Imago Dei. God, being God, knew that he loved everyone. God, being God, knew that long after Jonah, there would be a Jesus, and that Jesus would come, and he would live, and he would die for the sins of who? For all. And so he was exposing in Jonah. He was exposing in Jonah the reality That Jonah was more concerned with his selfish desires than the salvation of a nation. So when he didn't give his way, he just wanted to give up. 
Don't miss this. When something or someone else replaces the love of God as the main reason for joy and peace and fulfillment in your life, you lose your reason for living when that false love is lost. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. When you have placed your love and your loyalty in anything other than the one for whom you were created to give that to, the one true God, Jesus the Christ, when you place it in a spouse, when you place it in an educational pursuit, when you place it in a career, when you place it in the stuff you have or what your bank account holds, when that stuff is gone or when the relationship is lost or when your feelings get hurt, then you live in a land of discouragement and disappointment and depression because your false God has been taken away. And for Jonah, his false God was his nationalism. It was his racism. Because here what we see is exposed is that he, he didn't really care about others the way God cared So if you don't see it, understand that's what he is saying. God, why would you do this for them? Why would you do it for those people? I hope the Holy Spirit of God challenges us all as we gather today to look deeply within and saying, is there anybody with whom I look through prejudice lens rather than the love of God. We are living in a divided time in our nation. I was blessed this week to to be with a group of faith, faith leaders that met in the White House with Vice President Pence. And as we gathered here, I want you to hear what he said. I can almost quote it because it was so powerful. He said, in this divided time in our nation, there's one thing we must do as those who have a relationship with Christ we must avail ourselves to the power of prayer and the ability to approach the throne of grace. And then he quoted from 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear their land, heal, heal their land. And yet, we live in such a time That when some of you heard me say Vice President Pence, you got so distorted in your political views that you didn't even hear the message. God worked a miracle this weekend. I was a part of a conference call uh, on Friday afternoon late that was celebrating the release of Pastor Brunson from jail in Turkey. That's an amazing thing. Yesterday, the international media watched as a pastor from North Carolina (laughs) got on his knees in the Oval Office, placed his hand on the President of the United States, 
and prayed that God would bless him. But we live in a world where some of you can't even celebrate that because you're so divided over political preference. What have we come to? We have to understand our hope is not in any leader in this land. But if we are turning to the one who has given us reason for true hope, we must turn to him and seek his face and pray for those who are in authority that he has put over us. And why must this be the main thing? It's the simple message that God was trying to get through Jonah's thick skull. It's because God loves people more than anything. Say that phrase with me. Say, God loves people more than anything. So in case you didn't get it, racism is sinful. If you're struggling with that, repent. But let me tell you something else, and I'm about to say a bad word. My little girl heard me say this, and, and she said, Mommy, Daddy said the S word. <laughs> then I, I remembered what I said. Let me tell you a second thing about racism. Racism is stupid. Let me tell you why it's stupid. Raise your hand if you chose where you were born. What in the world? How do we not recognize that it's our creator who placed us where we were? Our creator who created the nations. Our creator who made them red and yellow, black and white, and all are precious in his sight. So what was Jonah doing? Jonah was calling into question the character of the creator. God, how could you? So one final time, Jonah was saying, seriously? Seriously, God? Them, those people? It's one thing to have momentary doubts and honest questions, but it's entirely different to hang out in a season of skepticism and unrighteous anger. It makes you an unhappy person who's unpleasant to be around. And I know it grieves the heart of God, but too many of our churches have too many of these kinds of people in them. It's not right to burn with anger either toward God or other individuals. It will darken your soul. It will discourage your spirit and it will, it, it will dampen your relationship with the Savior. So God illustrates this one more time through the story of what Eugene Peterson calls the unpredictable plant. This plant that he puts there that raises up and then just as quickly is eaten by a worm. And he exposes yet one more thing in Jonah. Jonah wanted control and this lack of control overwhelmed him. It was his way or the highway. And frankly, he didn't care who got ran over on the highway. I want you to write this down. When you find a disgruntled, unhappy, pouting person, you have found someone who realized they're no longer in control. And a controlling person will eventually become disappointed with God because they realize they cannot control him. Pastor and theologian Lloyd Ogilvie put it this way. He said, a willful, controlling person 
For a willful controlling person, there is nothing so abhorrent as not being able to control God. So Jonah's ultimate problem was not the Ninevites. You see where I'm going? Jonah's problem was who? Now I want you to listen carefully because don't misrepresent what I'm about to say. I've already tried to establish I'm a sinful person. And if I haven't said this lately, let me let, let me let you hear me say today. I don't do this intentionally, but hang around me long enough and I'll let you down. I I won't do it on purpose, but I'm falling and I'll have a bad day. So don't mishear what I'm about to say. Most of the time, when I hear someone say, well, I left that church because such and such. Whether it's this church or another church they came from, I, I recognize that typically is not the problem. If people say I left the church because I didn't like that pastor, I'll be honest. If my wife said that, I could understand it. She knows me. But most of you don't know me well enough not to like me. We've got to come to the place where when we get discouraged and disgruntled and depressed and disappointed, that the first thing we do is turn to God and say, God, what do I need to do to be right with you? God had appointed him to go. God had appointed a fish. God appointed the fish to spit him out. God appointed a revival. And then God appointed a plant to teach Jonah one last lesson. And what was the lesson? Here it is again. God loves people more than anything. And he will disrupt your life to make that lesson clear for you as well. He wanted Jonah to know there was more to life than what he saw, that he was willing to spare a nation. And Jonah should have been celebrating, but he was criticizing. He should have been happy, but he was heavy laden. He should have been praising God, but instead he was pouting. And that sounds like us. And we sit on our seats under the unpredictable plants. While, get this, 7,082 people groups in our world are still unreached with the gospel of Christ. That's 3.14 billion people as of this morning that are dying and headed to a Christless eternity. Do you understand God's desire to reach the world? (laughs) To do whatever it takes to make that happen? Are you seeking to make a difference? Because if not, just remember, anytime, say anytime. Anytime that you take your eyes off of God and turn your attention solely in the direction of your personal desires, you'll find yourself in an unhealthy place filled with disappointment. But here's the good news. God still loves people more than anything, and you're one of those people. Aren't you grateful for that? And so when we turn our eyes to Jesus... When we turn our eyes to Jesus, we experience his mercy and compassion and grace. You know why? Here's why. God spared Nineveh, but he spared not his own son. Romans eight twelve says, he who did not spare his own son gave him up for us all. How will he do who will give us graciously all things?
And we come to the end of the story. And we have a question. If the end of your story were written today, how would it conclude? If the end of your story were written today, how would it conclude? Would you have responded to the word and the will and the ways of God in your life? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.